been a week of record-breaking heat around the world. The world's oceans are warmer than ever. The past month's been the hottest on record, with the average temperature reaching 21 degrees Celsius. The world is expected to warm above 1.5 degrees Celsius by the early 2030s. Humanity is on thin ice, and that ice is melting fast. It can all seem a bit bleak. With record temperatures across the globe, fires sweeping across continents, and floods displacing communities, many people are asking, where do we go from here? Is there a green future ahead? And how do we get there? The answer? There just might be. But we're going to have to run, not walk. Welcome to Ready, Set, Transition with the Climate Bonds Initiative. I'm Gabe Carhart, and in this series, we'll be exploring the topic of transition, how we can cut emissions and shift global economies to net zero by 2050. We'll talk about how investors can identify and support credible transition efforts, how governments and policymakers can facilitate a rapid transition, and how we can mobilize the global bond market to build the resilient, sustainable, and productive societies of the future. We'll be highlighting cases from around the world where companies, governments, and individuals are working to transition their communities, businesses, and industries. We'll talk about what makes a transition effort credible and ambitious, and how companies can plan their path to a more sustainable and resilient way of doing business. And we'll discuss how the global transition though it's a massive undertaking, presents one of the strongest opportunities for investors and societies to prosper in the decades to come. But first, we need to take a look at transition itself, what it is and what it isn't. Transition at the moment is about how we prepare for two things. First is to reduce our emissions drastically, because we need to reduce our emissions drastically, guys. The IPCC says 55% by 2030. That's like well, six years away. This is crazy, but necessary. And it's not a target, it's a minimum requirement. That's Climate Bond CEO Sean Kidney, who has been working to mobilize the global bond market for climate action for decades. He says that the global transition is about how we shift our economies to reach the climate targets set by the Paris Agreement, which aims to keep global warming below 1.5 degrees Celsius. That target isn't just a number, it's important. NASA estimates that keeping global temperatures below a 1.5 degree rise instead of a 2 degree rise would mean that 420 million people would be spared frequent extreme heat waves. Unfortunately, the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, warned earlier this year that the planet is likely to reach that threshold in the next decade, bringing the world face to face with catastrophic climate change. If we're going to bring global temperatures back down, Sean says, we're going to have to transition all aspects of our economies to net zero fast. And, you know, we've got to look at everything. We can't just look at energy, even though it's the starting point. We have to look at industry, we have to look at cities, we have to look at water. That's why transition isn't limited to one sector, one economy, or one country. The race to transition our planet to a greener way of life will require changes in the way we build our cities, power our homes, manufacture our products, and grow our food. That doesn't mean, however, that transition can be used to delay the vital changes that our societies and economies need. In order to make this transition, we need to ensure that high-emitting sectors like steel and cement production have a clear, credible pathway to net zero. Climate Bonds has created science-based criteria for many of these industries, which will guide them along the road to a green future. But that journey needs to start now. 
Companies, governments, and societies need to act fast to make the transition a reality. In this series, we'll discuss people and organizations around the world who are doing just that, from companies producing greener steel to governments transitioning the way they build their infrastructure, the race along the road to net zero has already begun. But it needs to move faster. We've got to prepare. We've got to change. We've got to improve our act, if you like, knowing that this crisis, these crises we're experiencing are now going to become regular and frequent. Bang, 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 all over the world. Transition to a different kind of world is what this is about. But regardless of the speed of this transition, the planet is going to have to grapple with the effects of climate change that we're already feeling, and those yet to come. This preparation, Sean says, is the key to building resilient societies. Resilience becomes everything. And what I worry about most is our social resilience, our ability of our communities to be able to pull themselves up after a crisis, after a loss of life, and get back to work and get back kids back to school. What does that look like? At its core, resilience is the ability of a society to bounce back after a crisis. As the worsening effects of climate change continue to impact communities around the world, we'll need to prepare for more floods, more fires, and more changes to our societies. Many of these changes will be in the way we build our infrastructure and design our cities. But much of it, Sean says, will be about supporting the communities most impacted by climate change. This is a planetary crisis. The extent to which we can share food across geographies instead of hoard in a crisis. The extent to which we can support an economy in Asia that gets hit by a crazy storm. These will be the defining tests of our ability to be resilient as a species going forward. Resilience is everything. It's a big agenda. If we're going to avert catastrophic climate change and adapt to the effects already here, we need to transition. And this transition won't be cheap. We're going to need $5 trillion a year going towards green projects globally if we're going to meet those goals, a large portion of which will need to go toward transition. But Sean says investors should see that price tag as an opportunity. In one way, transition is expensive because there's a, a lot to be done. But in another way, it's cheap. Because what we're really doing is we're improving the chances of return to our societies and our economies and reducing the risk of outages, which is where investments go south. We're reducing default risk by preparing for transition and we're reducing default risk by preparing for emissions reductions because you're going to be more future fit, more relevant for the, for the kind of economy you're going into. If we do everything that we need to do to prepare, there's a huge capital investment pipeline of activities. And what we know from economies is that when we invest in stuff, especially stuff that's material structural, like, in, like infrastructure, actually boosts our economies. We, we generate booms. It's a bit like the old Keynesian economists used to talk about the importance of getting people digging ditches and filling them in. Well, we're going to do this on steroids the next 30 years. We're going to create investment opportunities all around the world with these expenditures. Hang on, let me rephrase that. With these investments in transition. The need for transition actually presents a tremendous opportunity to build more prosperous societies, companies, and portfolios. Climate change is one of the biggest risks facing any investment, especially investments in infrastructure, agriculture, and industry. By supporting ambitious transition projects, investors can ensure that they're protecting their investments for the long term. This is actually going to be how we pay our pensions. 
in 30 years' time by investing in an economy that is going to prosper and is going to have reduced risk of outage. This isn't a novel idea. The long-term risks of climate change are well known, as are the threats they pose to societies and to investments. The way we can meet those threats, Sean says, is through the global capital markets. We have more capital on the planet now than ever before in history. So we've got a huge CapEx pipeline, but we have the capital. It's actually there. And interestingly, it wants to move. Pension funds and insurance funds are full of actuaries who understand long-term risk. They get what's happening. The proof of concept is the $4 trillion green bond market, which for the first time in 2023 overtook fossil fuel deals worldwide. Investors are eager for these kinds of ambitious projects. However, while the global green bond market continues to grow, transition-labeled bonds are lagging behind. Climate Bond's 2023 market report suggests that this is due in part to an absence of clarity and established standards for the label, making its application confusing for issuers. While some parts of the world have seen an uptick in labeled transition bonds, particularly in Japan and China, many economies are still determining how to address financing the transition of hard-to-abate industries. This, Sean says, is where climate bonds can help. Now, we do bridge to scientists. Our taxonomy work, our standards work, is all about channeling the science into guidelines for investors and governments and corporations about what to do. Easy to understand guidelines. The Climate Bond Standard was launched in 2012, initially designed as a mechanism to support confidence in the climate action credentials of green bonds, it's expanded to cover general purpose assets, entities, and even sustainability-linked debt instruments. Recently, that expansion has brought the Climate Bond Standard into the transition space, with the creation of science-based criteria for high-emitting sectors, like energy, industry, and agriculture. These sectors are both the largest sources of greenhouse gas emissions in the world, and an essential part of the pathway to a net-zero future. But to get there, they're going to need a plan. That's why Rachel Hemingway, Climate Bond's Head of Transition Programs, says that companies in these sectors need to establish both long- and short-term transition plans to meet their climate targets and get to net-zero. We talk about transition because we can't change overnight. Everything's going to take some time, and we talk about a transition to net-zero or we talk about a transition to a 1.5 degree aligned future. And that's all about reducing emissions over time to get to where we need to be. To help guide this process, Climate Bonds created the five hallmarks of a credibly transitioning company, guidelines for companies looking to make the transition to a net zero future. These five hallmarks set out what a company needs to do in order to develop what we call a transition plan, which will outline how the company is going to get to net zero. Transition plans lay out how a company is going to transition all its operations to be in line with climate targets. That means reducing emissions in its production lines, across supply chains, and in the ways that consumers use its products. Just having a plan, though, isn't enough. The plan needs to be credible, thorough, and ambitious. That's where the hallmarks come in. Hallmark one is all about setting the ambition, and it's these kind of performance targets that say, we will do X by Y. For a transition plan to be credible, it has to be ambitious enough to bring a company's operations in line with a 1.5 degree future. For most companies, that means having emissions by 2030 and getting to net zero by 2050. But if the first hallmark lays out those ambitions, hallmarks two and three set out how companies can make them happen. 
These are all about developing the plan for how you're going to achieve your target. And your plan needs to include an action plan for how you're going to address all of your scopes of emissions. Scopes refer to the sources of a company's emissions. Scopes 1 and 2 are directly controlled by the company, describing direct emissions from its operations and properties as well as indirect emissions from the resources that it purchases. Scope 3 emissions, on the other hand, come from activities that a company is indirectly responsible for up and down its value chain. Like, for example, how consumers use a company's products. The second hallmark says that a credible transition plan needs to address all three scopes of emissions. But, Rachel says, making that plan isn't enough. Hallmark 3 is implementing the plans and making sure that the things that you're doing are happening. So it's not just pledges that are being made. It's not just plans that are being made, but it's progress. That progress, Rachel says, needs to be tracked, both internally and externally. Hallmark 4 is mostly about internal governance. So your your transition plan needs to be overseen by a really senior um, level of the company, ideally board level, CEO level, and they need to have the ability to track implementation of the plan and bring it back on track if it's not meeting its um, targets. And that means that there needs to be a monitoring plan in place. And then Hallmark 5 is all about disclosure. And this is the information that is released into the public realm that will inform everybody who's interested, stakeholders, customers, investors, the government, about progress on the plans. The road to net zero won't be easy for any company and every transition will have its own specific challenges. But these hallmarks will ensure that wherever a company is on its decarbonization journey, it will be moving as fast as it can in the right direction. Because not transitioning is not an option. It doesn't matter what your company's making. It will almost inevitably be affected by either climate change, physical impacts, regulatory changes, or... Um, social impacts so you need to prepare for those and you can't prepare for those if you don't know where you're vulnerable if you don't know where your supply chains are going to be impacted by climate change for example you can't prepare for them that's why companies should see transition not as a burden but as an opportunity to prepare for the future by preparing a credible and ambitious transition plan companies can examine their supply chains, their operations, and their infrastructure to get ready for the changes that are coming and those that are already here. So a a transition plan is an opportunity for the senior leadership of a company to examine its operations, to examine its supply chain, to examine its uh, locations, workforce, everything, and understand those in relation to the projected impacts of climate change. And then it can work out, one, what it can do to reduce its impact on the environment to, in the long term, reduce these impacts of climate change. And two, it can work out how it can mitigate these risks. Eventually, Rachel says, every company in every sector will need a transition plan. For now, the focus needs to be on the highest emitting sectors with the hardest journey to net zero. 
Climate Bonds has developed criteria for many of these sectors, including steel, cement, and basic chemicals, to help guide companies and investors into a green future. Next time, we'll talk about how these criteria are developed and how they help both industries and investors to capitalize on the opportunity of transition. We'll talk about the first certification of a green steel bond and how sustainable finance can help support heavy industry to reduce emissions and prepare for the future. With clear guidance and support, the world can not only meet the challenge of transition, but prosper from it. Above all, I suppose, our job, our role, our mission is to show the extent to which this is an opportunity. This isn't a burden. This isn't a disaster. If we act, this is an extraordinary opportunity to create a better world, a world that everyone can prosper in. Thank you for joining us on the road to net zero. Climate Bonds Global Conference in London is on November 10th, and we'll be bringing together industry leaders, investors, and regulators to discuss how the world's economies can meet the challenges we're facing and build a greener future together. If you'd like to join us, please visit events.climatebonds.net. Until then, we'll see you next time on Ready, Set, Transition.